out of the gym uh, into the main hallway of the building. There is a check-in table there for the nursery. Um, and they can also give you more information about all the children's ministries. But in the hallway behind me, that's where the nursery is. There's the preschool class. Uh, those students, those kids can go straight to those classes. Um, and then also uh, the building next door is where the children's worship is going to be. Uh, those children will still come and they'll go this hallway out to the main hallway and make their way kind of around to the cafeteria. So those kids will be dismissed later in the service. But take a look. Uh, one other note, there is youth group today uh, after the service over at the community space. Um, Pastor Brian has an announcement in a moment, but one other thing just to mention here early on is that um, we'll have coffee and bagels after the service. They're going to be set up right outside the doors there, so you can grab those and you can stay here in the gym and sit, or you can enjoy the, the turf field and the gardens um, and spend time together that way. Uh, Brian's going to share about groups uh, here at, at Lincoln Square and ways to get involved in, in life groups and discipleship groups. Good morning, welcome. Yeah, uh, the community life of our church, uh, uh, there are a number of options. Chad mentioned a couple already, the life groups. Um, those are sort of ongoing groups that meet during their week, chance to engage God's word, to kind of uh, care for one another, pray together, uh, life together. And so uh, uh, the other, some of the other options are like discipleship groups, and those are sort of uh, five-week kind of committed uh, uh, ways to not only uh, engage the scriptures too, but also to have just kind of a time of personal connect connection uh, amongst one another. And then um, uh, also have uh, a midweek Bible study, a Wednesday night Bible study, and that'll begin September 14th, 7.30 at the community space. And Ozzy uh, Santiago, he's going to lead that. So all are welcome to come. Please join for that um, here in a couple of weeks. There are some more chairs coming too, so thanks, thanks, Rob. <laughs> um, yeah, all the things that Brian mentioned are in the back of your order. So if you look at the back couple pages, there's announcements there. And as one thing, uh, just to highlight, theology on tap is coming back. And a number of you here are part of that in the past. Uh, Adrian Tamaga is going to lead that, and the first one is tomorrow evening at Rockwell's, uh, right across from the church office, and that's at 7:30 on Monday night. It's going to plan to be. Uh, once a month. So if you're interested, talk to, to me or Pastor Brian or talk to Adrian. He can tell you more about that. But that's 7.30 tomorrow night. Well, God has called us to come into his presence. And as we prepare to do that, let's take a moment of quiet uh, to prepare ourselves to come before God. morning. Our call to worship is from Psalm 46. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together. Be still and know God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, 
Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in all the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in all the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in all the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in all the earth. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. As you see in the order, we have a uh, privilege to participate in the sacrament of baptism this morning. And uh, Ryan and Kelly earlier here with their son, Jackson. Uh, one note, I apologize that we were running short on orders. Uh, if you still need one, we do have a few extras uh, uh, in the back. So, uh, or if you, you know, 
want to share with your neighbor? No, no, I think we have enough. But if you need one, please talk to the, the back to the table. We'll, we'll get you one. So sorry about that. Um, but we have this privilege of participating in the sacrament of baptism. And uh, as we do, we remind ourselves of, of why this is. This is not just a special day for Ryan and Kelly and Jackson and their family, but for all of us, it's a chance again to see God's promises. Water is a significant part of the scriptural story. It speaks of life uh, and creation, speaks of life during difficult times, wandering through the, the deserts. But it also speaks of new life and creation remade in the book of Revelation. There's a river of life that gives life to all who are there in a setting in which God dwells and which all sin and evil have been cast aside. It's also in Isaiah where we see the waters turn the desert into a place of life and abundance. And Jesus himself talked about living water. And so the waters of baptism, they are an opportunity for us to remember that God is our creator, but also our recreator. And so this is our hope and our acknowledgement for Jackson, that God has made him, and that we pray that God would use Kelly and Ryan and the church and family to help Jackson know the good news of Christ. But it's also a good reminder for all of us that these waters tell us that we were made by God and that only God can wash us to the very depths and bring new life into places of death. And so this is an opportunity for us to remember our own baptism and to be invited into faith in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are and we pray that you'd be with us by your spirit and that you'd use this water as a blessing, a blessing for Jackson to mark him as one of your children of the covenant, but also a blessing to all of us who see and who are reminded of your good news. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Kelly and Ryan, let me ask you these three vows that we ask parents and they bring their child to be baptized. Do you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? And do you claim God's covenant promises on Jackson's behalf? And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for his salvation as you do for your own? And do you now unreservedly dedicate your son to God and promise in humble reliance upon God's grace that you'll endeavor to set before him a godly example that you'll pray with and for him, and that you'll teach him the faith, and that you'll strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Amen. What's your son's full Christian name? This is Jackson Amos Early. <laughs> He's very interested in the water. Jackson, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's, let's pray for Jackson. Lord, I thank you for Jackson, and we acknowledge that he is a gift from you. 
a gift to Ryan and Kelly and to all of their family and to the church. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bless him, that he would know the joy of your grace, uh, the certainty of your love, and that he would find his strength, uh, not in himself, but in your goodness and your gifts to him. Lord, I pray that you would be with him each step, that he would find the delight of Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we uh, celebrate this together as a community, I invite you to stand, and you'll see that there is a responsive blessing in your order of worship, and I invite you to join with this as we can offer a blessing to Jackson. Jackson, may the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Please remain standing that we can sing together. Let's pray. Almighty God, you made the heavens and the earth and said that it was good. You give us life and you call us out of sin and rebellion into your covenant family. And as we continue our worship now, Lord, make us aware of your presence. And by your spirit, may we be filled up with your resurrection life. And God, we pray that you would meet us wherever you find us this morning. Meet those of us who feel unfilled, who feel worn down by our work. Be our strength, our refuge. Give us faith to enter your rest. Despite the noise, the volume of our to-do list, despite the pressures of performance at work. Lord, meet us with your kindness and grace and the investment and the exhaustion of being parents of being good neighbors, caring for those around us who require our time, our resources, even our God-given abilities. Lord, meet us in these places, we pray, with your wonderful surprise and your grace full of rest and life. We pray all this in the name of Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Well, children are now dismissed for children's worship. Uh, Melinda will be here to greet them can come down through the hallway here. Well, we turn now to our time of confession and assurance, a time where we come to God with open hearts to acknowledge our, our sin and our need of him. And we do so knowing that his mercy is close. And so we'll do this together as a church and then have a time of quiet.
quiet personal confession. Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? My rights have been disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weary. Lord, in our weariness and discouragement, let us remember your word. Even the young shall grow weary, but they who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Please take a moment of quiet personal confession.
Father, we confess our sin, knowing that Jesus, who was rich in glory, became poor for our sake, so that in him alone we might become rich in mercy and grace. And we give thanks in his name. Amen. We'll stand and hear the words of assurance that come to us from Zephaniah chapter 3. Let's join together. Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Well, as we've been welcomed into God's family, let us also welcome each other in the name of Christ.
Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson is from Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and you have driven them away and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The gospel lesson is from Luke 23, 33 through 43. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we are indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Again, it's good to be here with you and to worship together. Um, thank you, Lucy, for reading from the scriptures. We're going to look at Psalm 46 uh, this morning. And during the summer, we were uh, been looking at the Psalms, and uh, we're going to do that this this Sunday and, and next Sunday. Then, starting after Labor Day, we'll 
have a new sermon series uh, for the fall. Um, but before I read our passage, uh, I just want to admit that recently um, Christian author Frederick Buechner uh, passed away. Uh, maybe some of you had read some of his books. He wrote many of them. Uh, but when he passed away, the New York Times offered a reflection on Buechner. And one of the things that they said about this author was that he was an author who knew that to close yourself off from pain is to close yourself off from being transformed. To close yourself off from pain is to close yourself off from being transformed. And I mention that quote as we begin because it's a helpful way to think about how the Psalms are a gift to us from God. The Psalms, this prayer book or song book of Israel, are words given to us by God that we may speak to him. Words given to us by God, and not just so that we can say thank you or express faith or praise, but that we can express our full human experience, including such things as sorrow and anger, pain, lament, and confession. And we see this kind of full expression in our psalm that we'll read in just a moment. Through imagery and through invitation, our psalm directs us to speak of both pain and hope. To, to both acknowledge affliction and trouble along with promise. There's an honesty about the trouble in life along with the confession, our God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So let's look at our passage. This is Psalm 46. You can follow in your Bible or your order of worship or just listen as I read for us. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Well, this is God's word uh, given for our good. And as we enter into this psalm and, and receive it from God, there's two questions I want us to ask as we make our way through it. The, the first question is, is what are the images in our passage? And we'll spend most of our time looking at that question, but then also ask a second one, what does God say to us? What does God say to us? So let's start with this first question, though, what are the images in our passage? And we'll see that there are images of instability and conflict, but also images of security and strength. And our, our psalm, though, starts with the images of trouble. And these images at first come from creation, mountains, the earth, the sea, 
These are meant to us to, to get the sense of the, the, the grandness, the, the, the largeness of creation. I imagine many of us maybe have had that experience of being someplace in the natural world and, and seeing the, the largeness or feeling small before it. And here are these images of power and of certainty. Yet we read that the earth gives way. The mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The waters roar and foam and the mountains tremble. The images are inviting us to, to consider this idea that that which seems unmovable is being moved. The earth and the mountains, that which is images of power, they're giving way. And the sea with all of its power, this clearly beyond our control, it is roaring and foaming. The psalm through these images set us on what we could say is cliff's edge, witness to storms and witness to earthquake. We hear the rush and the roar of the oceans. We feel the tremor and the shift of mountains. And there are, is trouble. The world is turned upside down. Life is set adrift. The ground gives way beneath us. And that which does not move is moving. And I, I imagine if you're like me that you can relate maybe to images like that or, or resonate. Our path and our plans are clear beneath our feet, set before us, and suddenly that path gives way. Things that have been there and should be there are undone, set adrift. There's many things, we can just name even a few, the, the loss of one that we love dearly, or the disruption or loss of work and financial security, broken relationships that we long to figure out how to put back together, or a new season in which all that we had planned and work towards suddenly isn't there. These images from creation invite us into such experiences. But the images of trouble also include ones of conflict. You see later in the song, we are directed to nations and human powers. The nations rage, they threaten. The kingdoms that seem like they will go on forever, they, they totter. There's mention of war and the weapons used to wage such violence. And as with the mountains trembling and the earth giving way, here again the imagery is the powerful suddenly tottering. The strong raging because they cannot get their way. Human powers, human systems and institutions we're reminded that they too are not certain. And they're raging. We know this from watching the world and city around us or watching history. Their raging brings chaos. The idolatry of power, the idolatry of a national identity brings painful violence, hurt, and disregard. These are images 
that are given to us that we may speak again of our experience. That not just does the path that we had planned suddenly give way, but there is actually violence done to others or maybe done to us, whether those near us or those far. What are the images in our passage? You see, our psalm invites us to acknowledge trouble, acknowledge conflict, but there's also images of security that we're presented with. As the powers totter and the places of certainty give way, there is a city that continues. There's a city that is fed by a river of life whose streams make it glad. This image of an unshaken city is further developed as we hear language that there is a refuge, there is a mighty fortress, there is a defense and tower, a safe and stronghold, a tower of strength. I don't know what comes to your mind when you, you know, picture such things. If, if you're like me, it's like some kind of you know, ancient castle with large stones. But we can think of our own experience in our lives to think of places or people who have offered us comfort or shelter. Maybe it's your own home growing up or your home, or maybe it was a home of a friend who seemed always to be warm and inviting. Or maybe it's your room that you like to go and close the door to have your own space or your own place that you can be away. Lately for me, it's sitting on the end of my couch, looking out my window in front of my, on the sidewalk. I like to sit there and have a moment of quiet. Lately, I have to fight my dog for that spot. So if my dog likes it, it must be a pretty good spot, right? So whether it's the past or the present, these images invite us to think, what's it like to find a refuge? What's it like? when things maybe are shaking around us, but we find a place of rest. But we need to acknowledge that for some of us, we've experienced a longing for such places, but not being able to find one. No safe space, no place to escape trouble. Or maybe for all of us, whether we have a space or not, that wherever we go, it seems like we can't get away from those things that are pressing upon us. Even if we have a, a place or a door to close, that they cannot be removed from us. And that experience of, of trying to find shelter but not being able to get off the trouble that's upon you, it's worth noting in our psalm that the images do not ultimately offer us security tied to a location, tied to a place or a room. Rather, the refuge, the image of refuge is connected to a presence, connected to one being with us. The images of strength are not ultimately, you know, the image of an empty stone tower or a thick concrete shelter. Rather, the refuge is personal. Do you see that? Our God is a refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. The river whose streams make glad the city of God, it's a holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. Therefore, she shall not be moved. And God will help her when the morning dawns. 
See, these images of security and strength are rooted in God choosing to be with us. They're rooted in God choosing to be with us. And that leads us to our second question. What does God have to say to us? What does God say in our psalm? Do you notice in the last section of what's printed in your order, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. It's hard to be still. I imagine you have that experience. I I certainly do. It's hard to be still. I had some time away this summer, as I mentioned, and I'm very thankful for that. But even times where I was told to rest, it's hard not to think, at least for myself, you know, what have I done today or what have I gotten accomplished? Did I do enough or am I using my time the exact right way or are things going to be okay because I've taken care of certain things? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know, know that be a, this idea of latching on to, holding on to, standing upon something. And these words invite us to a quiet rest, a quiet confidence, have hope in the face of trouble and fears, not ultimately because of God's strength. Of course it's because of God's strength, but because God has chosen to be with us. And in the rest of our time as we close, I just want to offer two brief observations as we reflect on these words from God. First, God is described in the psalm as the Lord of hosts who is with us. The with us is the same Hebrew word in which we hear about the messianic title that God with us, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. God with us. And we know that God chooses to be with us because of the person of Jesus who took on flesh and dwelt among us in the midst of our days. But especially as we think about this psalm, Psalm 46, we can think of all the prophetic ways in which Jesus is described, that he is the one who bears the mountains trembling. He bears the earth giving way. For Isaiah tells us that he carries our afflictions and faced the storms of our life. He was acquainted with our grief. He was pierced for our transgressions. And by his wounds we are healed. It's not just that God took on flesh, but that he knows the trouble of the earth giving way and of violence coming upon you. And here is the good news that Jesus not only drew near to us and carried our sorrows, but he's the risen one. Such things could not hold him or such things could not be the final word in his life. When the morning dawned, he was the risen one. And the promise is the same thing in our passage, that God is in the midst of the city of his people. And when the morning dawns, he will give us his hope, reminding of us of his presence, but also telling us that there'll be a final day of new life and new resurrection. So 
be still and know that I am God. We are invited to think about God with us. And finally, our psalm offers us confessional statements or ways in which we can express our trust to help us to remember this call to be still and know God. There's like these liturgical sentences in our psalm that we're asked to repeat. Our God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. These serve individually and as a church to, to remind us that we can pray and speak to remind us that there is something more than ourselves. Be still. I can't hold up the mountains. And I can't calm the sea. But the Lord, he is God. The Lord is God and he has chosen to dwell with me. My certain plans give way, the world rages, but the Lord, he is God. These sentences that our psalm gives us remind us or ask the question, where is our hope when things are stripped away? It's our union with God. And the good news is that God chooses to be with us not because of our success or our accomplishments, not because we've avoided to do certain things or done everything right, but because of his enduring steadfast love and faithfulness. In his grace, he chooses to be with us and call us his children. Therefore, we can say, our God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, and we, we thank you that you gather us here in your name. And we pray that in the midst of our struggles and uncertainties that we would hear your words, to be still and to know that you're God, the God who's drawn near, the God who in love and grace chooses to be with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you please stand with us and we'll sing together.
Eternal God, we praise you for your everlasting goodness toward your people. For what do we have that is not a gift from you? And now we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. This table, much like baptism that we just experienced, is this visible word for all of us to, to see, to hold, to taste, that again tells us about who God is and his kingdom. In this broken bread and cup, we see and reminded that Jesus took upon himself or received the, the violence of this world. 
He was one who knew our sorrows and grief, one who was pierced to bring healing. And reminds us that our place around the table of God's family is because of God's faithfulness and God's choosing to be with us. It's not because of the promises I have made or, or will make or things I have done or will done, but by placing my faith in Christ, the one who bears the world on my behalf to bring resurrection life to me. So if you know of your need before God and know of your need for God to act on your behalf, for God to hold you instead of God, you holding God, then this table is set for you. For the invitation is to sinners to come and to repent of their sin and to embrace Christ as he's given to us. If you are a follower of Christ, then come and eat and drink of this table. If you're not taking communion today, I still invite you to come forward. You can just put your arm across your chest to receive a blessing. But this table is a witness and a sign to who God is and his great love for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this table and this bread and cup. And I pray, Lord, that you set these elements apart for sacred and holy use, that by your spirit you would meet us, reminding us that you're not only our creator, giving us the, the bread and the vine, but you are our recreator, bringing wandering sinners back into your family as sons and daughters by your grace. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Invite those who are helping serve communion to come forward. Uh, on, all of you are invited to come up the center aisle, and you can receive the elements here or our blessing, and then go back on the side. If you're able to hold the elements since everyone's been served, you know, ask that you would hold them and return to your seat, that we can eat and drink uh, as one family. Let us now come and receive these gifts from God.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to this table of grace, I invite you to stand and we can respond with prayer and song as God's people. Lord Jesus, you have said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Therefore, stay with us Keep us by your faithfulness and kindle great hope in our hearts as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Join together in the prayer that the Lord's taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to continue our worship through a, t a time of giving and of offering. And so <clears throat> I invite the, uh, the greeters and the deacons to come forward with pass the offering plates. Oh, I, I should also remind, sorry, one other note that Rob reminded me. Um, because there's no place to put our communion cups, they're going to pass. So the silver plate is for your offering, <laughs> and the basket is for your leftover communion cups. If you get it mixed up, I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, just pass those along. Uh, but again, just want to you know, welcome, especially if you're visiting with us uh, today or haven't been for a while and you're, you're here, we're, we're really glad that you could join us. It's good to be here at Waters and we're uh, excited over the next few weeks to get things settled and set up more chairs and things like that. And um, just a, a reminder that if you are uh, visiting or new and would like to share your information with the church so I can uh, follow up and tell you more about it, uh, you'll see... Um, there's a QR code in your order of worship. You can scan that or fill it out with your phone. Or there's a, a card in the back table that you can fill out a connect card and drop it in the box there and, and we'll follow up with you. It'd be great to share the, the, the church's email with you and the weekly updates on what's happening. Uh, also, just one other mention is that after the service, there's coffee and bagels. They'll be right out these doors be behind you. And as I mentioned, uh, you're welcome to, to hang out here in the gym or you can go out and enjoy the, the, the grounds and sidewalk and, and and feel it out there. So hope that you'll stay after and we have a chance to spend time together. Well, God has called us to, to give us gifts um, because of his generosity to respond with our generosity and we're very thankful for the opportunity to do that. I invite you to stand at this time that we can sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all. 
receive now God's blessing. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, may the love of God surround you always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. May go in peace.